Ladies and germs, we're back. For all of you out there suffering from the human condition, this is the Detroiter. I don't know. I don't know. I thought I was like, oh, human condition. I don't know. It's a cool album cover. John Bellion does it. It's a cool album cover. That sucked. But this is the Detroiter. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, presented by The Second String and thesecondstring.com for all your Detroit apparel vintage sports and streetwear apparel needs. Check that out. If you're a Rams fan, if you're a Stafford fan, I'm going to do my best. No promises. I'm going to do my best. I really, I really want to cook something up to have by this Sunday. And then in turn, Super Bowl Sunday, once Stafford kicks the fuck out of Jimmy G. So stay tuned if you're a Rams slash Stafford fan. Um, what are I uh, presented by the second string? I'm Nick Bradley. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm kind of tired. It's, it's nighttime. I'm, I'm a little, you know, a little tired, but that won't stop us. Appreciate you guys for listening. We got a quick one today. There's not a ton going on. You know, I've been doing the TikToks, been trying to do three a day. I don't know, dude. Every fucking time I log onto that app, I swear to God, every time I open up the phone and, you know, makes sense, I see something about, ooh, the algorithm. Oh, the algorithm. Oh, the algorithm. Oh, the algorithm. I don't know if I should be posting less or more like once a day, three times a day. I don't really know. To be honest, I've always kind of been, been of the belief, like fucking send it, like pump that shit out. You never know what's going to hit. You never know what's going to get a blast off. You never know what's going to bring in the followers. whatever. Just pump it out. As Portnoy once said, content, content, content. I'm pumping out three TikToks a day. I, I have a feeling it might slow down a little bit once uh, college basketball ends, once football's totally done. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, once all we have is baseball. Once we get to like March, late March, April, May, where all we have is baseball and that might even be locked out. Once we get there, I have a feeling we're going to have to hit the brakes a little bit because what am I going to talk about? I mean, we've got the entire summer to talk about Michigan State and Michigan and the Detroit Lions. We've got more than that to worry about the Pistons, the Red Wings. I have a feeling we're going to slow down. So for now, I'm trying to go full steam ahead. But I'll tell you what, if you're a Detroit sports fan, slow day today. Slow fucking day. And I'm recording this on Monday. This will come out Tuesday. Slow, slow ass day. Nothing happened. The biggest thing that's happened in Detroit sports is Matthew Stafford won a playoff game. So guess what? That's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know if I'll spend a ton of time on it. I kind of blew my load on the Stafford thing yesterday and then a little bit more this morning. (laughs) Um, So I don't know how much I'll do. I do have to mention it. It's tough too. Like I do so much on the TikTok where I did, I don't even know how many. I, I was fucking blinded, dude. They won that game and I blacked out, made a bunch of Stafford TikToks, and then I woke up this morning. I don't know how many videos I did on Stafford this weekend, but it's like I, I do do them there and people see it. And I'm if you're listening, I'm sure you've seen them because most of the listeners come from there. But I like to just talk about it a little more in depth here. I've said that before. The TikToks, I'm always more like ridiculous, trying to be funny, more clever, whatever. I mean, in 60 seconds, what am I, I can't give you the guy's whole life story. I can't give you my entire fucking thought process in 60 seconds and keep your ass entertained. I can't do that. I'm not God. Um, I, I don't know how anybody could, to be honest with you. So I like to use the TikTok as a way to get people here. And then here, it's like, dude, unzip those pants, let it hang out. One of those type deal. Not sexual, though. But that's kind of the deal. I just, I, I want to air it out. I want to talk some Matthew Stafford. Nothing going on with the Pistons. They won again, I think, over the weekend. Red Wings, um, they lost twice over the weekend, of course. The only fucking Detroit team in season right now that I care about. Can't win a goddamn game. Nothing really going on, though, with either of them. Cade's playing well. I was debating doing some Cade stuff, but, like, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same. Like, all right, Cade's great. The Pistons suck. Cade's cool, though. They've won some games. I shouldn't say the Pistons suck. They're they're getting better. They've improved. I don't know. They may have a winning record in January. They may be like 6-5 and five or 7-5 and five in the month, month of January, which is unbelievable. That's fucking incredible, especially considering what they did before the new year. That is unheard of. 
the fact that they have a winning record in this month. So that is great. I shouldn't say that they suck because they haven't been sucking. They've been getting better. They've been improving. They've been winning fucking basketball games, which is awesome. It's, it, you know, it's tough. It's tough that the moment they start winning basketball games is kind of the time of the year where it's like, Oh, I thought we shut this thing down. Like I was already, I'm getting the Paulo Banchero Jersey mocked up. Like I'm getting the Jabari Smith t-shirt design created. Like we're, we're going to start winning games now. You didn't want to want, you didn't want to win any of the first 30. You guys want to start winning some games now? Oh, well that kind of, you know, that kind of throws a wrench in the plans, not only for a local t-shirt artist like myself, but for the Pistons as a whole, like, are we, are we sure we want to start winning games or we were in position to get the second overall pick? We totally sure that we want to start winning games. Are we certain we want to start winning games? I am a winning better than losing guy for sure. Um, and it's good. Like if you're a Pistons fan, that's the other thing too. I've said it a thousand times. If you're a Pistons fan, you're watching these guys every night. I'm sure you're happy that they're winning. I'm sure it's much more satisfying and much more rewarding being that, that being that diehard night in night out fan watching them win as opposed to just fucking losing constantly. So I hear you there. I just read the shit that pops up on Twitter. I just see Cade's stat line and I'm like, Oh cool. Cade had 25, four and three and they lost perfect game. <laughs> That's the perfect game. Oh, Kate had 18, two and one and they won. Ah, okay. That's good. Good for them. They won. But like, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of where I'm at and where I'm at. I'm so far removed from the Pistons and like really, really caring about them or being interested in them. I should say that like what I need, I need another lottery pick. I need the Banchero. Like I need Kate to have a superstar wingman to start to get drawn back in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't do the mediocre mediocre with Cade. That's great. It's better than just mediocre, which has been the previous 12 years. But like, I'd like a little bit more than just mediocre with Cade. Like I, I need more than that. If you're going to get me not even watching the stones every night, if they play three nights a week, I don't know, watching one of those games. Like I need more than what they have now and winning these games. It's like, ugh, I hate to be that guy, but we're moving in the wrong direction here. That said, it's good that they're winning. Good for them. I'm sure it makes the players happy. The positive, as far as the Pistons are concerned, because I think everybody can agree, best best situation for the Stones, they keep losing. They get the first overall pick. The positive for the organization that they're winning is I think probably Cade is sitting there like, all right, this is cool. Like, we'll figure it out. I don't know. You know, he's only been here a, a third of the season, a quarter of the season before the new year, but you never fucking know, dude. It's the NBA. These guys go to different teams every week. I don't know if Cade's starting to be like, oh, is it just going to be me in Detroit? Because that's not going to fly. Like, who knows? Who knows? I don't. I have no idea if those thoughts have ever crossed his mind. I have no idea. Maybe guys in his camp are like, oh, shit, Cade. Like, these dudes, this front office, these guys are going to just be bums. You're not going to get any help. Like, we got to bounce out of Detroit. So, if there's a possibility that that was happening, which I doubt it, highly, highly doubt it. The one positive for the Stones as an organization of winning these games that are going to ruin their draft stock a little bit is the fact that Cade's probably like, all right, cool. Like, all right, this is better. I'm happier. I'm in a better mood. I'm fine doing this. Like, I can take a year of losing but winning some games, and then we'll turn it on. Like, that's the other thing, too. Losing constantly hits so much different than losing but you win a couple like the Red Wings. Look at the Red Wings last year, like lost a lot of fucking games, lost a lot of fucking games. They were competitive though. They like, they won some games. They shouldn't have, they got better year before they were just, they lose always. That's just what they play. Oh, they lose. That's all that happens. Like the level of demoralization and sadness, it really does hit another gear. So I'm glad that they're, it seems like the Pistons are crawling out of that Red Wings. I don't really have much. I mean, it is what it is for the wings. I it's kind of, I'm at the position now where they're not going to catch Boston. It's a fact, like, unless they have the most unprecedented run in NHL history, like rivaling the St. Louis run that they had when they won the cup, like they're not going to, they're not going to make the playoffs. They won't be Boston. 
Boston's six or eight points up and has like four games in hand, like it's just not going to happen, which is fine, which is fine. Same thing like the Pistons, probably for the best, to be honest with you, probably for the best. Red Wings could use some more talent that who could, right? They could use Gary Bettman going, oh, Red Wings are supposed to pick 12th or 13th. Eh, big market, big brand. They haven't won the lottery and I don't even know ever. Um, eh, they're supposed to pick 13. I will throw them the third pick. Not saying it's going to happen. There's a chance you're in the lottery. There's a chance. We know that shit is not, not rigged. So we do know, we know that that shit is in fact rigged. Gary Bettman, the Rangers got their guy. The Blackhawks have gotten a few bones. Maple Leafs got Matthews. Just saying. Just saying. Big market. Fans everywhere. Huge brand. Just saying. The league's better when the Red Wings are at the top. Just saying. Just saying. Doesn't even need to be the first pick. I don't know. Bump them up like five, six spots. They'd take it. We'd take that shit all day. Steve Eisman would have, yeah, just saying. Think about it, Gary. Think about it. So it's probably for the best that the Wings don't make it, but that's fine. I've accepted it. Boston's good. They're not going to catch him. It's fine, dude. They were supposed to be, this year in my book is already when this team was supposed to be worse than they've been. Raymond and Sider, they were supposed to be good. We had high helps. I don't think they were supposed to be this good, or at least I'm not certain anybody really, was anyone out there going, okay, Mo Sider is going to be the best rookie defenseman, clearly, um, and one of the better defensemen in the league. Was anybody saying that? Like, that seems like a crazy take coming into this year. I don't know if anybody was looking at Lucas Raymond. I, and granted, we were looking at him going, yeah, these guys will be good. They'll improve the team. They will be some of the better players on the team, which if you look at the Red Wings the past few years, isn't saying the most. But even Lucas Raymond, like for a long ass time there, point a game player, scoring goals. He's top three. It's see, it's uh Raymond Sider and Zegras for the call there. I don't think people expected Lucas Raymond to do what he's done. And in a way, the other great thing about Lucas is he's obviously had a great year. And you can tell he's phenomenal at hockey. That's what I love about hockey too. When you have guys that are just better than everybody else, like it's the NHL, everybody's nasty. But when you get those guys that are just a level above and you can just tell, like forget the points, assists, goals, you can just you watch them play and you're like, oh, this dude's this guy's just better than everybody. That's how Lucas Raymond is. And the fact that it, it feels like he's almost the guy that has ignited Dylan Larkin. Doesn't it feel like that a little bit? Like Larkin has been good for essentially the entirety of his career. He's dealt with injuries, which this year he's, he's uh, managed to avoid, knock on wood. But Larkin has hit another level, and the only real difference maker outside of the health, like I said, which he hasn't been too injury-plagued, is Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond comes in, and all of a sudden Dylan Larkin is playing with his hair on fire. Like That doesn't show up in the Lucas Raymond stat sheets. I, it feels like Lucas has to a level, to an extent, unlock Dylan Larkin. And that is something we didn't know we were going to get when we signed up for this season of Red Wings hockey. So you know what? They're not going to make the playoffs, whatever. It's going to be a great rest of the season. It's been a great season so far. This is about as good as the season could have gotten. They've clearly gotten better. The correct players are being the impact players, like the young guys, the guys we plan on, carrying this franchise moving forward have so far panned out another knock on wood because I will never take a chance with that shit. The crowds at LCA have gotten better. You can kind of feel the momentum and the interest like Red Wings Twitter. You can kind of feel that people care more. People are talking about the Red Wings more. The games sound louder, right? They're beating more teams that they shouldn't necessarily beating. They're in Every game, instead of last year, maybe they're in 80% of the games this year. They're in 90% of the games. Like, they're getting better. The right guys are doing it. They're going to get one more crack at the lottery. And then I think starting next year, we'll see who all they add next year. You would think Berggren, who's been fucking cooking in the AHL, you would think Berggren. You would think Edvinson, also been cooking. You would think maybe another one of those Swedish prospects, Soderblom, Niederbach, Johansson, someone, Wallander maybe, someone. 
you add those guys, maybe a free agent, maybe Steve makes a move. You think like now we go into hyperspeed a little bit with the Red Wings. Like we're going to get one more crack at the draft lottery. And after that, it's, it's no looking back. It's fucking playoffs or bust every year for the next 15. So you can't, I'll, I'll live with this season. I'm fine. This is like the, the foundation. Like, you know, when you, how, when you hike Mount Everest, you got to, you go up with the Sherpas to the levels and you got to hang out at base camp for like a day so you can get acclimated. That's like what we're doing. That's what the Red Wings are doing right now. They're just getting acclimated. They're hanging around. They're, you know, they're flirting with the playoffs. They're riding on Boston's coattails a little bit. They're just getting acclimated. And then next year, next year, next year we summit the peak. Next year we summit the NHL playoffs. All right, quick break. I want to talk about Matthew Stafford for, I don't know, five, ten minutes maybe. And then I want to talk some Michigan State basketball. Big game against Illinois tonight. Illinois, Illinois, I don't fucking know. Huge game. Huge game. Huge game against Michigan on Saturday. (laughs) What Matthew Stafford did this past Sunday was truly one of the happiest times I've had watching football in my life. Definitely, definitely one of the happiest times I've had watching the NFL. When I think about my happy experiences watching football, and don't get like it's awesome. The Bills Chiefs game where I don't really care who wins. I would I was rooting for the Bills, but it's whatever. Those games are great, and there's been a ton of those where it's just a sick fucking game. Doesn't really matter who wins. It's just unbelievable sporting event. That's happened a bunch, but as far as like true. True. I feel it in my plums. Like my body is buzzing. I have a smile on my face. I get butterflies in my stomach. I truly am like shaking by the end of it. Like that much amount of angst, angst, nerves, happiness, like near sadness, anger, confusion, like every fucking emotion under the sun. I've never felt, or I I should rephrase that. When I have felt that way about a football game, it's almost always, almost always the college game. It's almost always Michigan State. Over the course of my life, almost fucking always. The last time I felt that way about a Lions game was when they beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, and that was, what, three years ago? That's the last time I felt that way about an NFL game where it's my team. I feel like I'm living and dying with what's going on. Last time that happened was three fucking years ago. Matthew Stafford goes to Los Angeles, goes with the Rams. And you know, what's weird is last weekend. I was kind of nervous. I wanted to see him perform. I wanted to see them win and they did. But last weekend it was kind of like, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Let's, let's get the one win. We'll see whatever. Plus, it wasn't it wasn't the the same billing it wasn't the defending champs tom brady on the road like it didn't have that same gusto where it's like holy shit this is a huge game holy shit matthew stafford can can put his name on the map with this holy shit matthew stafford can shove his fist down the throats of every jackass, every jabroni, and every clown in between who tried telling me that he wasn't good, that he's mediocre at best, that he can't win the big game, that he can't beat good teams. How about all of you fucking idiots out there that were saying that, that have been doubting him, and worse? You know what makes me sick? I can understand if you're like, oh, you know, Stafford wasn't the best. He didn't win in Detroit. Okay, you're still wrong. He's He was unbelievable in Detroit. And again, he proved it this weekend, so I don't even need to say any more. But I can, I can respect that. But the absolute fucking cowards out there who are rooting against Matthew Stafford, you, 
I, I, you should be paraded through the streets of Detroit. You should do a shame walk, the Game of Thrones shame walk from Wayne State's campus to the Detroit River. You really should. You should be forced to do that shit because you are a scumbag. How dare you root against Matthew Stafford? Like, imagine having hate for Matthew Stafford. Imagine being a Detroit Lions fan and being like, fuck this guy about Matthew Stafford, about one of, I don't know, like three good things that has happened to your franchise in the last 20 years. Imagine doing that. Imagine saying that. Imagine thinking that. I saw a tweet that was like, Lions fans cheering for Stafford is worse than Ohio State fans claiming Joe Burrow. I don't even know what that is. that for real? How can That doesn't even... Matthew Stafford played quarterback here for 12 years. Joe Burrow didn't take a snap at Ohio State. He was just born in Ohio. And it's worse. It's worse to be cheering on Matthew Stafford as a Lions fan. How about you go fuck yourself? How's that sound? That's How about that? What's worse? How about go fuck yourself? Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't really understand. Listen, I respect it. I get it. If you're not gung-ho, let's go Rams, Matthew Stafford to the Super Bowl, fine. I still... Like, I don't totally get it, though, to be honest. Like, I get it, but I also, part of me is like, but, like, why, though? Uh, And you'll say the draft pick. Oh, the draft pick. Dude, the 28th or the 32nd pick won't be the difference in whether or not the Lions win a Super Bowl in the next few years. I I, I can literally promise you. You can guillotine me if that is the difference. I promise you that the reason the worst franchise in the history of North American sports, I, I promise you the reason that they either do or don't win a Super Bowl in five, the next five years, I promise it isn't four dress positions at the end of the first round. I promise you that won't be the difference. I promise you. So don't tell me, oh, it's the draft pick. You're not a real Lions fan if you're rooting for the Rams because the Rams winning hurts the Lions. Oh, I'm not a real Lions fan. Quit being a fucking nerd loser and root for the guy who was loyal to your bum franchise for 12 years. Let's call a spade a spade, dude. Let's put it all out there. I love the Lions. I'm a Lions fan. If the Lions were in the playoffs and it was the Lions and the Rams, imagine that. And and if it was the Lions and the Rams for the NFC title game, I'd be, it'd be fuck Matt Stafford. No offense. Well, love the guy still, but I'd be with the lions kick their ass. Guess what though? The lions were eliminated from the playoffs in fucking October. So excuse me if I'd like to see the kid or the guy that I went through my childhood with at the helm of my favorite team. Excuse me if I'd like to cheer on the one guy that was consistently great for the last 12 years of my football fandom. Excuse me if I want to support the one guy who for apparently no reason was loyal to Detroit, was loyal to the Detroit Lions, was loyal to the community for no reason. Why did, why did Matthew Stafford ever say, yeah, let's, let's try and win in Detroit, right? Yeah, they gave him a fuck ton of money. Guess what? 31 other teams would have given him that money. Why was Matthew Stafford like, yeah, let's ha- no, I want to win in Detroit. No, I want to win in Detroit. He's from Dallas. Whenever he signed that big contract, I promise you there were 50 other better. There were more better situations in the NFL than there are teams in the NFL. That's how pathetic the Detroit Lions are. And he still was like, no, I want to stay in Detroit. I want to win here. And you're going to, as a Lions fan, you are going to look at that and turn your nose up at it and act like you never had anything with them. What kind of fucking coward are you? Have an ounce, have an ounce of loyalty, have a, a centimeter of loyalty. I don't, it blows my mind how anyone's like, oh no, boo, I hope they lose. Really, bro? Really, bro? Really? You hope they lose? You hope Matthew Stafford loses after he suffered here for 12 years? Like, can you imagine being a pro athlete and being like, yeah, I want to go play for the Detroit Lions? Like, I hate to clown the Lions because I am a positive vibes only guy. I am very, I'm very optimistic with the new regime. And I think Super Bowl, I don't know. I think they'll win a playoff game. 
which is that's how bad we are, by the way. Let that sink in. That's like, oh, they're going to be great. We'll win a playoff game. That's my standard. That's the fucking gold bar. Pathetic. I like the Lions. I love the Lions. I should say. I love the Lions. And I like hyping up the Lions. I really do. That's all essentially all I do on TikTok. But can we can we act or can we just be 100 for a second here? Like they're a joke. They're a joke of a franchise. I mean, they're the Detroit Lions. They're the Detroit Lions. Like we're notorious for legendary players retiring early. We're notorious for legendary players retiring early. Matthew Stafford, when that when he became a free agent that year, it would have been more on brand for him to retire than it would have for him to sign that deal. Think about that for a second. In the history of Lions greats, it would have made more sense historically. It would have followed a historical pattern for him to say, oh, I got to play for the Lions still. All right, that's we're cool. I made my money. Thanks, though. Thanks, but no thanks. That would have made more sense than him coming back to Detroit. Think about how fucking pathetic you have to be for that to be the case. And he decided to spend 12 years here, dude. And I love Detroit, the area, the city, the community. I fucking love Detroit. I wouldn't have a podcast dedicated to it. I wouldn't have a clothing line dedicated to it. I wouldn't have a TikTok dedicated... I wouldn't have any of this stuff if I didn't. I love Detroit. I really do. But again, let's be candid. It's not Miami. It's not Los Angeles. It's not New York City. It's not Chicago. Like, he was like, no, 12 years. Yeah, we'll do 12 years in Detroit for the least successful franchise in the history of team sports. Yeah, let's do it. And people have the fucking nerve to go out and root against him. Suck my testes to all you Stafford haters out there. It was glorious to watch him ball out Sunday. It was glorious to watch him do what he's done his entire career to watch him do what we knew he could do What Stafford truthers everywhere. have been watching for years. And that's the other thing that really bothers me about the Stafford haters. Sure. The people, the hate in general, it's like, what's your problem? But the fact like, not even the haters as much as the people that go, oh, he's it's he's just not that good. It's just a fact. You, dude, the, the fact is that he is that good. Like, that, that's always been my thing with Stafford all those years in Detroit. You can point to all these stats. Oh, 8 and 70 against 500. Losing all-time record in Detroit. You can pick out whatever stat you want. When you watch him play football, take away the jerseys, Take away the logos. You don't know who he's playing for, who he's playing against. When you watch him sit in the pocket and throw footballs, it is instantly apparent, oh, yeah, this dude's fucking nasty at football. You don't need numbers. You don't need stats. You don't need some bum on Twitter telling you what he is. You watch him play for a quarter. You watch him make like five throws, and immediately it's, oh, this guy's fucking ridiculous that last throw he had the cooper cup are you fucking kidding me people saw that throw and still were like he's mediocre at best <laughs> imagine calling that throw mediocre it's like a 20-step drop and Kung su sprinting straight at him Sue sheds his block in like half a second, sprinting straight at him. Stafford off his back foot just slings that bitch like 50 yards, slings that, immediately turns around to take the hit from Sue and drops it in a bucket to Cooper Cup. He went down the field in 43 seconds to win the fucking game against Tom Brady, against the greatest quarterback of all time on the road. He slung that thing in 40. 43 seconds, field goal, right when the Bucs thought, oh, this is it, we made it, we're back. No, Matthew Stafford's going to come rip your goddamn soul out of your limp body. And people watched it and still said, he's mediocre. That, like, you just can't be helped at that point. If you watch Stafford play Sunday and you don't think he's great, you don't think he's capable, you, you can't be helped. Like, he outplayed Tom Brady and it wasn't even close, to be honest with you. 
don't get me wrong, the Rams defense was very good. He outplayed Tom Brady, and it wasn't even close. Like, it really wasn't even close. Um, those throws at the end to Cup, like, who makes those throws? Maybe maybe Pat Mahomes, maybe Josh Allen. Tom Brady doesn't make those throws. Aaron Rodgers, probably. Outside of those three, who makes that throw to Cooper Cup? Honest to God, who? Jimmy G's not making that throw. Fuck no, Jimmy G's not making that throw. Who's making that throw? Brady's not making that throw. Mahomes, Allen, sure. Joe Burrow, maybe. Who's making that throw? Brian Tannehill's not making that fucking throw. Any other quarterback that was in the playoffs this year isn't making that throw. Any other quarterback in the league not making that throw. Oh, but he's mediocre at best. You're a goddamn clown. Shout out to Matthew Stafford. It feels so good to watch people you believe in succeed, to watch good people that you believe in, like people that not only are they great at what they do and you know it, but people that are just great people and you know it. And and for 12 fucking years, you've been the boy who's cried wolf and turns out there's a goddamn wolf there the entire time, bro. Russ said it best. There's really a wolf. Shout out to Matthew Stafford. So I wish he could hear. I wish I could just like be like, dude, I love you. Congrats. I don't even know. I just want to tell him how happy I am for him. Unbelievable to watch. The most fun I've had watching a football game in years, like genuinely years as far as the NFL is concerned, which is sad in its own right. But we're positive vibes. That's conversation for another day. All right. One more break. And then we'll talk some MSU hoops. Let's talk some Big Ten hoops, or mainly Michigan, Michigan State hoops. I got to be honest with you right now. Um, I feel like I haven't really dove in to a Big Ten just on a podcast yet, the Big Ten hoop season. I know when it started, I did the episode talking about it and the expectations and whatever, like a season preview. But since the season started, I really don't think I've like I've sunk my teeth into it. I've treated that puppy like a, a rare piece of prime rib. I don't think I have, and I'm very excited to do so. I really am. I love college basketball, I'd like to just say. I don't know. I hope that's okay with you guys. I'd like to just get that out there. I love college basketball. Um, I'm very happy we're getting to that point in the season where that's all we got because I love college basketball. But NFL playoff games are on, right? Like, okay, Michigan played Saturday. Like, I'm just – I just am not going to watch that game. There's just like – I just can't do it. The NFL playoffs are on. You know what I'm saying? Where that – I need to get on a podcast with Castellani where he's watching that game and then I'm watching the Michigan State game at 930, well, Pacific time this Saturday. Oh, it's the Michigan game, obviously. I guess Friday night I'm watching the Wisconsin game. I don't know. Just like where it's MSU, I'll watch whatever game. Like if MSU played Saturday, I'm watching that. If MSU was on during that the NFL playoffs, I'm at least pulling it up on the computer. <laughs> I'm watching the dog somehow, for sure. But Michigan's on, like, it's the NFL playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Where I just am not totally locked in. And then you got other things like the Red Wings kind of, although I wouldn't watch them over state. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm looking forward to the point in the year in the sports schedule where it's Big Ten. Football's done and it's Big Ten hoops, and that's it because I'm not watching the Stones. I'm not – well, I'll watch the Red Wings, but, you know, it's kind of just we're watching for fun. Big Ten, it's it's all or nothing. It's life or death every single time those guys take the court. I, I don't know what exactly it is because you can lose some games and you'll make the tournament. And at the end of the day – win the fucking tournament and that's literally all that matters winning big 10 titles is cool for sure but you can still do that you can lose a few games and still win the big 10 especially this year purdue's dropping games michigan they're dropping games msu's dropped the game they dropped to northwestern wisconsin dropping games to msu like it's tough to win everybody's gonna lose it's fucking big 10 basketball it is what it is every single year, it feels like. You play a gauntlet. Like, the bad teams are good. That's the beauty of the Big Ten. You play Penn State, you never know, although they're fucking awful. But you play Rutgers, they'll, dude, Geo Baker, he'll dice you up real quick. Northwestern, any you could just lose any night. That's the beauty of the Big Ten, and I can't wait to lock in. But that's the thing. You can lose a few times because everyone does. But it feels like 
if you lose that game, every time you watch a game, if you lose that game, you're you're going to evaporate into thin air or something. It's not a possibility. It's like I refuse to believe that State's going to lose this game. I refuse to believe it. And if it does come to fruition, I'm going to – I don't know if I'm going to break something. I don't know if I'm going to just like go, I think, lay down and lay at the ceiling or stare at the ceiling. I don't know what it is I'm going to do. I do know I'm going to feel terrible, though. I'm going to be, I, I'll feel awful if MSU or uh, Hoops loses this game. Something different about college hoops on the tension factor, on like the, like the frustration factor. And you know what I just thought of that I think it might be? Is the fact that at least for an MSU fan, they can, even a Michigan fan, actually, really, I mean, the last handful of years, they compete like they're every year is your year. You know, like imagine that every other sport I come on here and talk about every year is most certainly not their year, right? If this podcast was, we were in the year 2006 instead of 2022, the Red Wings would be that team, but we're in 2022. I don't have a team that every single year it's like, all right, for sure. When the big 10, and then maybe a natty. <laughs> We're going to give a run for it. Like, I don't have a team like that. <laughs> and when it comes to MSU, when it comes to Michigan, because their goals are the same, they've been super successful since 2010 or whenever Beeline got there. It's the it, every year, it's win the Big Ten. That, like, I we got a chance. And then we'll see what happens in the tournament. Like, you expect excellence is really, I think, what it boils down to. And that ex- expectation of excellence, the expectation that in my head, ev- I've never once gone into a Michigan State basketball game thinking they're going to lose tonight. I've never once thought that. They've played some damn g- Duke may Duke, it's like, whew, Duke was like, all right, we'll see what happens. Like one of those type games. And they beat those guys. Like I've never gone into a game, oh, it's over. No, there's no, it doesn't even matter. Like you think you can win every game, especially during the regular season, right? Obviously the tournament, you're on pins and needles the entire time, but during the regular season, you still think, oh, we should, we're, we're going to beat these guys. We can beat anybody. We should beat these guys. We're MSU. We do this. We do that. We're competing for this. We have this guy. We have that guy. It's Tom Izzo. It, it heightens it to just a crazy level. And I love that lock-in as a sports fan. I love when you get there and it's Tuesday night, state's playing, bang, rip it. That's it. I'm in. I'm in. I love the game of basketball too. I love, oh man, I really just do love basketball. <laughs> Michigan State takes care of Wisconsin this past Friday. I got to be honest with you. I was shocked at how that game progressed. You you couldn't ask any team. You couldn't ask for a worse start to a game. And it being MSU coming off a Northwestern loss. And the way that they do it, dude. The way that they do it. Like when, when the guy in the Wisconsin jersey is standing in front of your guy. When you want to make a pass, which is good. I encourage passing. I think... It's what it's what's made a lot of Michigan State teams great. It's really a fundamental aspect of basketball. Pass the ball. There's chess passes, bounce passes. If you're fancy, you can throw an alley oop. No look passes. Passing. When you're passing the basketball, and the opposing team's player is standing between you and your teammate, also known as in the passing lane. Don't throw the pass. Find someone else that could be open. Dribble the ball yourself. Another fundamental part of the game. Or if you have to, you can call a timeout. But for the love of God, for the love of God, don't just throw it to that guy in the Wisconsin jersey. And guess what MSU somehow, some way, always manages to do? Just throw it right to him. Hey, you guy, your parents are here. Yeah, this is a crowded arena. Probably got some friends, family. You want a free layup? 
put on a show, make the camera roll for 20 years from now when you look back at it, go take two points, dude. They're going to clap. It's going to get loud. You're going to feel great. Go. It's fun. Go. Just have the ball. Even though Michigan State does that, they still they still found a way. And and that's what bothers me the most about the turnovers, which even still existed once State took control and kind of cruised. The turnovers still were there. They it was better in the second half, but they're still turnovers. It that's what blows my mind about State. Because big picture, starting off that poorly, bouncing back in a crazy environment against a good team, top ten team. With Johnny Davis, is he a national player of the year candidate? Like any team coming back from that, that's impressive. That's a good win. And and you should be happy about that. And it is it's a great takeaway. Like the fact that they managed to stave off that horrible, horrible opening and come back and not only win, but for a lot of that game, just be in control. Double digit lead, just cruising along. And the one time in the second half. Wisconsin did make a run. The arena's starting to get loud. You can kind of, uh-oh, you're feeling it. It's Michigan State. It's what these teams do. It's, you're kind of feeling it. Oh, 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 is this about to go down? Is this going to happen? They figure out a way, and they hold on, and they, they reclaim a solid lead, and they just cruise until it's over. That's an impressive win in the large scale. What, what drives me nuts and just like makes me nervous about this team going forward is the way that they make some of these turnovers. Like I described where they're just throwing it to the other team. Like there's not even the, uh, do, do you even coach that? Like that's not on Tom Izzo, right? He shouldn't have to explain to not make those passes. And they do shit like that so much. Just it's like they're playing blindfolded. It drives me nuts and it's going to catch up to them. That will cost them. At some point, whether it's in the regular season, whether God forbid it's in the tournament, that's going to cost them if they keep doing it. You can't turnovers are going to happen either way. It's fucking challenging basketball, but you can't just give them five. You can't just give the ball to them five times. And that's what they do. And it's it's they've overcome it a lot this year because it feels like they do it every time they play, but it's it doesn't feel sustainable. You know what I mean? It feels like we're going to have a day where they just kind of get punked and the it's all right. Well, that's what happens when you turn it over that like that's that's going to happen. That's going. That's how this game is played. That's how college basketball works. That said, if they can get through these next two big win at Wisconsin, they got Illinois tonight. I believe that's on the road as well, which another, you know, that place is going to be buzzing every time. Michigan State comes to town, it's a sellout. Illinois is going to be buzzing. They just re-entered the top 25. It's going to be buzzing. They want revenge on us. Remember what MSU did to them last year? Remember Aaron Henry terrorizing them in front of an empty Breslin Center last year? I remember that shit. I re- oh, oof, AO, torture chamber. I remember he slipped at the end, actually. That's why I kind of grimaced. AO, torture chamber. I remember that. I remember Coburn getting dummied. I remember that. And then we got Michigan Saturday. If they can get through these next two unscathed, you you got to be feeling good. You got to be feeling good. And that's the thing. It's not like it gets easier. I mean, it's the Big Ten, Maryland, Rutgers, and then Wisconsin right back. But if they can get through these next two, two and oh, whoo, baby. It's going to be tough tonight in Illinois. Curbelo, I know they've like technically played better without him but i think he's sweet coburn's a freak obviously trent frazier's been there a while he's solid guy and illinois gets loud illinois is a good atmosphere i'm looking forward to seeing what illinois comes with to be honest with you i love a good college basketball crowd and then michigan state i mean we're gonna bring the noise at the breslin center saturday but it's a rivalry game i expect state i mean state should win state's better right state should mop the floor with these guys it's a rivalry game it's a rivalry game. Happens. Hunter Dickinson. Now, like we find out against Illinois tomorrow, what we got against Kofi, because we're gonna whatever we use against Kofi is gonna have to be good against Dickinson. I'm very excited, though. I must say, I'm very excited. I like 
MSU's prospects as it stands right now. I like MSU's prospects against in Illinois tomorrow, which is exactly what I'm saying. Illinois might be favored because that's how the Big Ten is. They're six and two in the conference. Illinois is a tough place to play. Illinois very way very may well be favored. I still think MSU is going to win. Like I still feel confident in Michigan State going in there to, tonight. It was like last year they or two years ago rather. They went in there with the alley oop at the end, like tough place to fail. They found a way though. And then Michigan, I like our odds because in the Breslin Center, off the delay, that place is going to be rocking. Are you kidding me, dude? Saturday, twelve thirty, Breslin Center, Michigan State, Michigan. First time is this the first big Saturday game we've hosted too? Because it's going to be since COVID, the first big Saturday, and it's Michigan. East Lansing. Rest in peace to East Lansing. The Breslin Center is going to be rocking. And you're bringing in a subpar Michigan team. Juwan Howard, they just got the win against Indiana. Very good win. They dominated them. Juwan Howard, right? He's kind of probably doing some soul searching for sure within the team. These guys trying to figure out their roles. I'll admit, I haven't watched a ton of Michigan. But guess what? When the first time you went in forever is on the night you shot 83% from three, which is what they did against Indiana. I don't know if I'm like, are you going to shoot a, a double the world record again? Are you going to shoot 83% from three? If it takes shooting 83% from three for you to get wins, I'll take my chances. You have to. It's a game of statistics. That isn't sustainable. That said, Dickinson's a monster. If we can't stop Coburn against Illinois, I'll be nervous. It's it's Bingham's time. Bingham, this is why you came to Michigan State, Marcus Bingham, is to be is to be this guy in these games. It's this is why you came to Michigan State. Let's see it. Tyson Walker, same deal. This is why you came to Michigan State. Hey, Max Christie, this is why you came to Michigan State. All of these guys in the green and white right now. People weren't talking about you before the season. It was all Purdue, Michigan, Illinois is going to be good. Ohio State, no way he's talking about State. Oh, you know, Tom Izzo, they'll be good. They got some guys. No one's talking about you guys. No one gave a fuck. Oh, little old us. <laughs> Almost the end of January, first place in the Big Ten, 15-3 and three overall. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. That's not an accident. I, I feel good about these guys. They, they got a group. The more Tyson Walker just like realizes he's good when he's passive and he won't take shots when they go under screens, when he won't go to the rim, when they give him a lane, it drives me nuts. Cause when he does do that, all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's getting to the free throw line. He's getting layups. People are getting open shots. The ball moves. Max Christie open three Gabe Brown, open three. So Malik gets it at the three point line cuts to the rim. There's just action, but when he's passive and he kind of, it's like he wants something to appear instead of being the guy to make it happen. State kind of struggles. State neutralizes themselves. Bingham hasn't been the best the last few games. He was huge in the beginning of the season. Gabe obviously was not good against Wisconsin, but guess what? That's the anomaly. He's been incredible all year. I expect him to ball. I expect a guy like Max Christie, Jaden Akins. He's been great, dude. I can't. I feel like I need to mention him every podcast. He's going to be the next great guard at Michigan State. Like there's Kalen Lucas, Corey Lucius, Cassius Winston, obviously Denzel, Mateen, all these legendary PGs that played here. Jaden Akins is going to be up there. I don't know what he'll do. I, I I just have a feeling he'll be one of those guys when four years are said and done. He's been coming along. This is why you come to State. Because even in a year when nobody was talking about you, you're at you're in the top of the Big Ten. You got a day game on a Saturday in the Breslin Center against your arch rival Michigan. You you really can't ask for more than that. And I'm excited. I know Michigan's Caleb Houston. Why do you think he went to Michigan? Same fucking thing. Diabate, same fucking, you come to just rip the hearts out of people in East Lansing. That's why they want to be there. I think it'll be a hell of a game. I feel like every time U of M and MSU meet, 
there's a lot of buildup. There's a lot of hype. You can feel the tension on the court. And I feel like they're usually pretty good games. It's been one of the better college basketball rivalries. I'm pumped for Saturday. I'm excited for tomorrow or tonight. I'm recording this Monday. I'm excited for Illinois and I want to see what state has, but it's eye on the prize. I will say this. If we drop this game to Illinois tomorrow, I think Michigan now it's, you got to fucking win. You got to win this game. You got to win the game anyway. But if you lose the Michigan afterwards, now we're a little concerned. I will say that. I will say that. With that said, we're going to go 2-0. and We're going to beat Illinois. And and we're, we're going to beat Michigan on Saturday at the Breslin Center. It's going to be too loud for those freshmen who haven't been able to figure it out at the fucking rack where Rutgers plays. It's going to be too loud. Tom Izzo has been doing this too long. And they're going to they're gonna feel it. They're going to come into themselves too well. It's going to be a, a flawless. How's that for you? How's that flawless performance by State? They're going to cut back on the turnovers. They're going to hit open shots. They're going to play together. Play team defense. Don't take bad fouls. And they're going to just fucking Tesla just cruising along, eh? At least I hope. At least I hope. At least I hope. That's all I got today, folks. That's all I got. Go green Saturday. Go green against Illinois. Go green Saturday. Huge game. Um, We'll be back on this feed Thursday. I may do – I want to do the uh, Michigan and Michigan State season recap, but Thursday's episode, I kind of want to talk about the basketball game a little more. I kind of want to talk about the basketball game a little more. So I might do that. We might do basketball game and season recap for MSU. I don't know. Or yeah, something like that. We'll see. We'll have an episode Thursday, second string pod, Wednesday, Friday. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everyone who shares. We will see you tomorrow. 